Testing, testing, testing. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? I am back. Man, it, it feels like it has been forever. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, dear me, dear me, dear me. Okay, sorry. Putting the phone on, you know, silent everything so that I can make sure that you have my undivided attention. Now, thank you guys for tuning in. As you guys know, my name is Reverend Lyle Lewis. I am with the Word Evangelistic Church, where the pastor is the prophet, Willie C. Townsend. The co-pastor is the prophetess, Denise Townsend. That's right. I am not the pastor. I am a minister underneath Prophet Townsend that just abides in the ministry, working in with him in the ministry to help build the ministry and push it forward and get the word out. That's all I'm doing. Just trying to help get the word out. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, sorry, it has been so long. It has just been crazy. Uh, had a baby, you know, uh, uh, you know, got the book published and please, by all means, Hey, to all of you who are trying to reach out to me, do not use lucky Lyle, Lyle, lucky Lewis, uh, Facebook. Cause that got hacked. So for those of you who are trying to contact me over Facebook, uh, you have to contact me at LR Lewis. Yeah. LR Lewis on, uh, Facebook, uh, or messenger, or of course you can always email me at, uh, S T I X one twenty seven at hotmail.com or L R A S H A U N L E W I S. That's L Rashawn Lewis at yahoo.com or at gmail.com. And I will happily answer all emails, all prayer requests, whatever you name it. I got you covered. So without further ado, Da, 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 the day finally is here. Goodness gracious. The, I know that I have been, I did part one. Then it was like part one B and part one A, B, C, and D to make sure that we broke down the scriptures of what was going on in this message. Now, this is going to be the official part two of positively and ne negatively affected by salvation. The reason why I want to make sure to bring this out is because you have it where people don't understand that salvation can be a benefit to you. Now, mind you, I'm talking about people who aren't saved. They don't look at it that salvation could be a benefit to them. But you have it where people that are saved don't know that salvation can work against them. What do I mean? Okay, for those that are saved, you know, salvation can work against you if you're not following the word of God, if you're not living the word of God, if you're not truly operating the way that God wants you to operate, then yes, your salvation can negatively affect you. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the ways of the transgressor are hard. Transgressors are individuals who commit sin. Transgressors are individuals who go backwards in God rather than forward. Okay. Transgressors are those who go back to perdition. Transgressors are those who go back into sin. Okay. And people don't realize they just think that I'm saved. That's all I need to be. I can be saved and be a good person, you know, and still drink and smoke and, 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 and run the streets and do this. No, you got to understand when you got saved, you dedicated your life to Christ. You gave your life over to God. Therefore, because you dedicated your life to Christ, you are supposed to be a vessel unto the Lord. This is the reason why the Bible tells us that we are uh, 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 married to Christ. It tells us that uh, uh, we are bought with a price. This is the reason why the Bible tells us these things because God wants us to make sure that we understand the importance of maintaining our salvation. You don't maintain your salvation. Your salvation can be so horribly affected because of the simple fact that with you not maintaining your salvation, okay, I put it like this. Look at a house that isn't maintained. Look at a car that isn't maintained. Look at anything that isn't kept up, maintained, clean. It gets dirty, it gets nasty, it starts to fall apart. 
Yeah, you look at it, uh, somebody's lawn. If it's not taken care of, weeds start to grow. You get tall grass, you get all kinds of stuff starts to take over the lawn. It's the same way in salvation. If you don't maintain and care for your salvation, take care of your salvation the way that you're supposed to, the way the word of God tells you to, then your salvation will wind up growing out of control in a bad way because it'll wind up having to be where Satan will have find room to creep back in to take you back over. Not only will Satan find room to creep in, but Satan will come in and deceive your mind. Satan will come in and attack your heart. Satan will, why will he do this? Because he sees you have no defenses set up. See, when you get saved, you're supposed to build up spiritual walls around yourself to protect yourself spiritually and naturally. Now, this doesn't mean we push people away. No, it means we walk wisely around them. It means that we do things in a different way that is spiritually unto God, spiritual minded, wise, or, 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 or one that's just cautious. But see, you got a lot of people when they get saved for whatever reason, they just get reckless. I don't understand why that is, but that's just unfortunately how it happens. No, you're not supposed to get reckless when you get saved. If anything, the Bible tells us you're supposed to be prudent. In other words, you're supposed to be careful, cautious. You're supposed to be one that's always planning and carefully like trying to step. This doesn't mean that you have to like tip your toe through life in fear. No, we walk by faith, but it doesn't mean we just keep, we just run and just leap out into the doggone cavern you know what I'm saying? Saying Jesus catch me. That's not how it works. You go, you, 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 you walk through life knowing that the Lord is leading you. You have to let God lead you. And what happens is a lot of people do not let God lead them. They just jump up and get saved. Say I'm saved. This is all I need to do. And they can go running off. Next thing you know, it winds up hurting them in some kind of way because they run ahead of God or they go doing something that is against the will of God, not realizing that it's against, not realizing it's against the will of God, or they wind up listening to Satan many different ways. You need to sit, you need, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Why would the Bible tell you that? So that you can understand that when you get saved, it's not just about just running off, just, oh, I'm happy and I'm saved and this and that. You need to stop, listen, learn how to be saved how to maintain your salvation, how to grow in God. See, a lot of people don't understand that growth is very important to your salvation. Without growth, your salvation can negatively affect, negatively affect you. Why? Because when you die and you stand before God in judgment, that can work against you in some kind of way. How so? Because if God wants you to be a certain kind of way, if God is giving you the word of God telling you that he wants you to be this kind of individual, or he wants you to stop doing this, or he wants you to go, or start doing that, if you don't adapt these different ways that God is telling you through and by his word, you're not growing. You're just sitting still. And if you're just sitting still, well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that if it's not bearing forth fruit, it says cut it down. And then next, you know, you these people, you know, these folks who were just standing still and weren't growing in God, they go stand before God like, hey, Lord, I'm saved. I was doing this and I was doing that. The Lord said, no, depart from me. Why? Because you never grew. You never grew. You never took on the qualities that I needed you to take on. I told you I wanted you to add faith to faith. I wanted you to pick up brotherly kindness and charity and love and this and that, that and this. You felt as though you didn't have to do it. Your salvation can negatively affect you if you're not willing to go the distance in God. See, when you get saved, you have to come and set to salvation, having counted the cost that whatever it is you got to do for God, towards God and for your salvation, you're willing to do it. 
This is the reason why the Bible says for me to live is Christ, to die is the gain. In other words, it's to say for me to live is to serve the Lord. My death in God is my gain. That's my reward. And don't get me wrong, for some people, that's pretty heavy. This is the reason why, and we're going to go ahead and transition to people that aren't saved. This is the reason why people who are not saved don't look at it that salvation can positively affect their life because they don't see the gain in salvation. Why don't they see the gain in salvation? Unfortunately, one of the main reasons people do not see the gain in salvation is because of other people that they see who are quote unquote saved. They see those people and they see them still living any kind of way. They still see them drinking, smoking, partying, gambling, having sex whenever they want to, with whomever they want to, getting married four or five, six times without cause. They still see them smoking and laying up and, 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 and according to worldly standards, having a good time. And they look at it like, what's the point? What's the point in getting saved if they're doing the same thing that I'm doing. Why can't I just do what I'm doing and just be a good person? This is the reason why they just say, like, hey, look, if they can make it to heaven doing that, I can just be a good person made heaven. I don't have to go to church and do this and do that and blah, 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 and read and give all my money and, 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 and give all my time and then Sundays and Super Bowls and doggone NASCAR days. And I don't have to give up all of that. If, if they're not giving that stuff up. So part of the one reason why a lot of individuals that are not saved look at people who are look at salvation does not is not going to positively affect them is because they're looking at the example that has been set for them this is the reason why us as individuals that are saved the bible says we're supposed to be the light of the world we're supposed to be the salt of the earth we're supposed to have show the difference we're supposed to be people that when, when when individuals look at us they know there's something about us they know there's something different they know that it's not just that you know we're just like them there's something about us that is off in a good way see i look at myself okay like for instance when i go to work individuals they already know they're like man you know there's something about you lyle uh, they call me lucky on the job. Um, they say, man, there's something about you. Just, it's not like everybody else. You're different. What is it? I tell them I'm, I'm a minister. I'm saved. You know, I, I gave my life to Christ and I just more or less let my light shine through me. I'm not on the job. You got to wear everybody on the job is they want to argue at each other, fuss with each other. They want to start wars between one shift and another. The first shift is better than third shift. Third shift is better than second shift. And I'm just like, Hey, look, I don't get involved in that. All right, that's, that's, that's not how I act. I don't curse like they curse. I don't drink like they drink. I don't just throw my time away like they throw their time away. I'm not out there just doing whatever like they're doing. And it shows the people at work, they respect it, they admire it. So now here it is, if they look at my salvation, they see, generally I'm a happy person. I come to work, happy, hey, care to do my job. I'll talk with you, laugh with you, joke with you. But when it's time to clock out, gabba dabba do. You get what I'm saying? So, but when they see me and they see how I operate and they see how I go about doing things, when they need a prayer to get through, they know who to come to. When they need somebody to ask advice, they know who to come to. And I tell them the best advice that I can give them, but I also give them godly advice. They ask me things and I tell them, hey, look, you know, and they even, there are some things they even come and ask me. And they say, hey, this and that, that and this. And I just tell them, hey, look, you know, well, in the eyesight of God, that's not right. 
you know, and I, you know, I, I, I counsel them in ways to tell them like, Hey, look, you know, you know, according to the Bible, here's how things should be according to the word of God. Here's how things should be according to what God has taught me. This is how things should be according to one that's saved. This is how things should be. So I can only tell you what I would do from a perspective of one that is saved. And I give them that information. And there's times where even when they come asking me about certain things that I just tell them, I wouldn't do that. But the best way to handle that is to do it like this. And then this way it keeps, but it's the wisdom that they come for, the knowledge they come for, the peace of mind that they want to see me operating in when I go through things. They want to know how do you have a peace of mind when you go through? What do you do that keeps you at peace and at rest? Why do I present that to them? Because I want to show that my sin, my salvation benefits me and it can benefit them. There's a, my salvation can benefit you, but your own can benefit you even better. So I have to be the good example for them to follow. I got to be the good example for them to listen to. I got to be the good example. Now, if they choose not to follow, then unfortunately that's them. I can't force them and I'm not going to force them. That's not my position. I'm not here to force you again. The only one that's going to force us, God will never force you to do anything, but Satan will. God will never like, just, just like, I'm, I'm going to make you No, that's not how God operates. But Satan will put pressure on you. He'll make you feel as though there's no other way. Satan will make you feel as though, you know, you're the only one and you need to go ahead and do this so that you can, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that Satan messes with the mind. And this is for him, anyone who is saved and even those who aren't saved, Satan will still mess with the individual that isn't saved, especially if they're thinking about salvation. He will mess with their mind and tell them, you can't get saved. You can't do this. You can't get that. If you get saved, what are you going to do with your life? Well, you also got to understand that for you to live as Christ and to die is a gain. Meaning what? Meaning that everything that you're going to lose in God will be worth it. Well, why do I say that? Look, you got to understand. People who get saved are always wanting to look for the houses, the cars, the money. They want to look for the fame, the fortune, the, the, oh, the good husband, the good wife. It, it, look, all that stuff, you have to earn all that stuff, okay? That is not just stuff that God's just going to come and just say, oh, you're saved now? Pow, there you go. No, God has to try you. He has to test you. And a lot of people are positively and negatively affected by these tests in God. Why? Because a lot of people either A, go through them with faith, or B, don't want to go through them, stop and complain, turn around, go the other way. See, salvation will negatively affect those that feel as though they need to stop or who want to complain the whole time. See, God doesn't like people that complain. Look at the Bible. You have the children of Israel complain. God destroyed them. God cursed them. God sweared in his wrath they won't enter in. All these other kinds of things. I know he swore in his wrath that they wouldn't enter in because of unbelief. But how do you think God picked up on the unbelief? Through their murmuring and complaining. How do you think it is that God came to be angry with the people that he pulled out of Egypt that he saved that he said, these are my people nagging and complaining. These people are complaining. Oh, Moses brought us out here to die. We have no food. We have no water. Well, you also have no faith. Did you see what God did for you in the wilderness? I mean, in, 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 in Egypt? Did you see the miracles that God performed? Did you see how he parted the Red Sea? You don't think that he can't drop some food out of the sky for you? You think he can't provide water for you? 
See, when you complain, you got to understand. One, when you complain, your reward is your, your reward is nothing. You know what I'm saying? You get your reward in the little bit of relief that you get from from complaining. But again, that's nothing compared to what you could get. Notice how Job was heavily rewarded for taking a stand the way that he did when he was tried and tested. He was rewarded tremendously. Why? He didn't complain. He instead he instead of complaining, he blessed God. Say to you complaining, why don't you bless God? Why don't you ask God, hey, Lord, give me strength? Why don't you just say, hey, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Why don't I just say, hey, Lord, give me the strength to go through this instead of complaining about it? You see, what happens is there's, 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 the, 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 when we get saved, you know, like I was saying in part one, we don't see a need to have to fight against ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Complaining. You don't have to fight against complaining when you're not saved. You don't have to fight against your lust and, 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 and desires and bad habits when you're not saved. But you do when you get saved. But again, you have it where a lot of people that are saved don't fight those bad habits. They don't fight those bad ways. They don't fight those bad convictions. They don't fight those bad vices. And then people who are not saved look at that and they say, I didn't know you could do that when being saved. What's the point of getting saved? I thought the whole point of being saved was to separate from those things. It is. But see, here's the thing. You don't know. See, here's the reason why you, you should be good. You should be you should be an individual who, individual who's truly trying. You don't know who you may be scaring away from salvation. This is the reason why, as a Christian, as an individual that's saved, I don't care how you want to put it, Christian, person that's saved, whatever religion you are, it doesn't matter. If you're saved, truly following the word of God, you're saved. You're living, living. Notice what I said, living the word of God. By all means, please, I, I reference, uh, go to um, go to YouTube. Uh, well, you're on YouTube. Uh, go to Word Evangelistic Church. Uh, go to the YouTube channel of Word Evangelistic Church. My pastor has recently preached a message talking about the process of getting saved. All right. There's a process and there's certain steps that you have to take to have a full salvation. Please, 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 by all means, hop over to Word Evangelistic Church. Go check out those. Like I said, it, it, it's a recent message. It's uh, uh, the process of getting saved, something along those lines. And, 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 and it breaks it down how there are supposed to be certain steps that individuals are supposed to take. And when you take these steps, your life will be positively affected salvation wise why so again it's not about the money it's not about the house it's not about the cars if you're going to get saved for all that stuff i'm telling you right now it's a good possibility you're going to wind up giving up why do i say that because one of two things is going to happen either a you're not going to get it and you're going to feel as though god is not with you and satan's going to be able to come and lie to you and tell you that god's not with you because if he was you'd have all this by now or b you will get it and satan or god will make sure you lose it in some kind of way why do i say satan or god because you have it where satan may cause you to make a wrong move and cause you to blow all your money or god may test you to see who do you love more me or your money and then next thing you know all that gets taken away and then next thing you know see that's the reason why a lot of people really don't get blessed right off the bat god has to test them and see what's in them 
And then, like I said earlier, they let those things that they're being tested with, they're being tried with, that they're coming up against, cause them to draw back in God. You can't draw back in God. You want to negatively affect your, 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 your salvation? Draw back. That is the biggest way to draw. That is the biggest way to negatively affect your You want to positively affect you, let your salvation affect your life? Push forward no matter what. Give it everything you've got. When life hits you, when life is just beating the crap out of you, you stand anyhow and you bless the Lord. You find reasons to give praise unto God. If it's nothing more than he woke you up this morning, whatever the case may be. Don't change in God. Keep the same personality. If God was good yesterday, he's good today. If he was good when you got your paycheck, he's good when you lost all your money. If he was good when you got married, he's good when you're getting a divorce. If he was good when your child was born, he's good when your child is mouthing off to you. He got, you have to show a stable. And this is another reason why individuals are negatively and positively affected by their salvation. Stability. Stability. You have to be stable. You got to be an individual that is just, 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 this is just, you're just, you're just the same at all times. Job showed that he was the same. There were times where he kind of dipped a little, but he stayed the same. He was blessing God. He was like, hey, I know my, I know, I know my redeemer, my redeemer living. David. You want to know why he was a man and one of the, one of the reasons why he was a man's own in God's own heart is because even though there were times where David might have fell, dipped, whatever you want to call it, he came back and he when he got he got back to where he was supposed to be in God. Maintained who he was, maintained praises, maintained faith, maintained a, 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 an optimistic, optimistic, faithful view of how the Lord will deliver him and how God is standing with him. He knew he was God's anointed and acted in that way. But see, you get us, we get a five-day notice and we're ready to call it quits. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the doggone the phone company calls us and says, hey, your bill is past due. We're, we're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to start breaking down and crying. What am I going to do? Uh, is God really with me? Why would this happen? We lose family members, we lose jobs, we lose this, we lose that. We're ready to call it quit. We're, we're ready to give up, God. We lost a family member, oh, well, I don't know. I, 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 I done lost my way. What do you mean you done lost your way? You're supposed to stay the same in God. The Lord give it, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the world. Look. This isn't somebody who's just telling you this. I've lost jobs, I've lost family member, I lost my health. All right, I done lost money. I done lost time. I done lost all kinds of things, but no matter what, I stayed the same in God. No matter what, I was consistent in God. I still gave God praises. I didn't draw back in studying. I kept studying. I didn't draw back in my prayers. I kept praying. I didn't draw back in going to church. If anything, I started trying to go to church even more. I started trying to get more in God. When life started handing me lemons, I started giving them to God, say, let's make some lemonade. When life was hard, I just said, hey, Lord, let's go through. I walked by faith and kept going no matter what. I didn't stop. I didn't take a break. 
A lot of people, they, 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 they things start getting hard on God. They're like, oh, I, I'm going to take a break. I'm, I'm going to tell you this ain't all this. Look, this is a marathon. Like the, like the Bible says, this is a race. It says run that you may obtain the prize. You go and you decide that you want to take a rest. Have you ever heard of the story of the the story of the uh, of the uh, the rat the, the the tortoise and the hare? How it was that the rabbit got so cocky, thinking that he was going to beat the beat the turtle, that he went he went ran way 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 down the down down the racetrack. And he said, "You know what? There's no point in me even crossing the finish line. This turtle ain't going. Man, look, I'm gonna lay you right here and take a nap. I'm gonna rest." And then he wound up resting, and guess who wound up winning? The turtle. Why? Because the turtle kept going. Yeah, it was going slow, but it kept going. See, that's what happens, and the reason why a lot of people are negatively affected by their salvation. When they, when they, when they get in their salvation, they want to hit the ground running, running 150,000 miles an hour. They want to go running like they're the Flash. They're just moving. Speed of light. And then somewhere up the way, they want to say, ah, 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 you know what? I need to, I need to sit down for a minute. Let me take a rest. You know what? I'm going to chill out. I'm good. I got, yeah, I'm this far ahead. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I done beat out sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. They were doing such and such and such. I did this, 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 this. I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I'm going I'm I'm to sit here and chill. And then while they're sitting down trying to rest, Satan passed them right up and they don't even realize it. And by the time they realize that Satan has passed them up, either A, it's too late, and Satan has already won the race, meaning this, they, the, the individual winds up dying in life, and then next thing you know, Satan is there to claim their soul, or B, they look up the road and see Satan is way ahead of them, and now they really, really, really have to struggle. They really gotta push themselves, they really gotta do it when they didn't have to do that. They were already ahead, they should have kept going. They should have kept going. I'm not saying that you, everybody should start out of the gate real slow. And, 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 and But hey, it's better to start slow and end fast than start fast and end slow. Because you got to remember, your flesh and the devil are running this race also. You are running against your flesh and you're running against Satan. Your flesh will work against you to negatively affect your salvation. Your flesh does not care about you being saved. You are not your flesh. You are inside the fleshly shell. But who you are is within you, your soul. That's the reason why the Bible says the soul that sent it, it shall die. It didn't say the flesh that sent it, it shall die. It said the soul. Because the flesh goes back to dust. The flesh could care less about your salvation being positively or negatively effective. The flesh don't care. The flesh just wants to be the flesh. Flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. If the flesh wants to drink, it's going to want to drink. It's going to try to push you to drink. It's going to try to convince you that we need a drink. Notice what alcoholics, they can't function. Why? Because the body starts sending signals like, hey, 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 I want alcohol. I want alcohol. Drug addicts, the same way. Hey, I got to have, I got to have, I got to have drugs. I got to have this. I got to have that. And if we're going to function right, we got to have this. You don't believe me? Look at an individual that smokes cigarettes. Tell them to quit. Tell them to quit. 
you will see how in a week's time they're going to be angry, moody, emotional, and they never want to be bothered with anybody. I'll even go to a lesser degree. This isn't sinful, but you look at an individual who loves coffee. Oh boy, don't mess with somebody in their coffee. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to wear folks out there. They just, they love their coffee and coffee is, there's nothing wrong with coffee. All right, there's nothing wrong with coffee. So I don't want nobody thinking that I'm telling you that drinking coffee is a sin. There's no sin in drinking coffee. I'm just using this as an example. Look at these, look at individuals who drink coffee. They're just heavy coffee drinkers. If they do not have their cup of joe in the morning or whenever it is that they like to have it, they lose it. They are just they just go bat crap crazy. And they can't function, they're jittery, they're, 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 they're angry, they're moody. You know what I'm saying? Some folks break down and cry. You know, what the hell are you crying for? I need coffee. You know, get the hell But that's what I'm saying. When you're in this, when you're in your salvation, your salvation needs to be maintained. And your salvation needs to stay ahead of all that's running against you. Otherwise, you have drawbacks, setbacks, shipwrecks, things of those natures, which winds up hurting you in the long run. Because when you go to stand before God, God is going to look at you and say, okay, I gave you my word. Why didn't you do this? I gave you my word. Why didn't you do that? If you knew you were ahead, why didn't you keep running? If you knew you had the victory, why didn't you keep the victory? So you got to understand another reason why negatively salvation is negatively affected with individuals is because they more or less hand off their salvation. What do you mean they hand off their salvation? They give in the sin. They just hand it over. They hand over. They commit sin. They're just they just give up. They're just like, oh well, I can I I I did such and such and such. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not. It's not okay that you commit sin, but that doesn't mean you give up in God. Repent, get out of it, and move on in God. Don't do it no more. That's the key point. When you repent, whatever the hell it is that you did, leave it alone. Don't do it anymore. Don't go back to it. Fight yourself. Your salvation will negatively affect you because you won't fight. You, you have to fight you. You got to do it, not the pastor. Pastor ain't going to fight your battles. You got to fight him. God is not going to fight your battles. That's what he gave you the word of God for, for you to use the word of God and fight your battles. That's the reason why the Bible says these things are written for our admission. What does it mean? This is written for our learning. This is written so that we can use it as a weapon, as a tool, as a guide, as a map. Whatever you need, that's what the word of God is for. But you got to watch too many people just think the word of God is just a bunch of stories. And that's another thing that negatively affects your salvation. Your belief or the degree of your belief in the word of God. The degree of your belief. What do you mean? Meaning you have some people, they just believe in the Bible. They believe that it's, it's from God. But they don't necessarily believe it. You know, they can't believe it to the fullest because they're like, oh, well, you know, if God really did uh, write the Bible, why does it have the name, normal names of John and, 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 and Matthew? Who cares about the name? It doesn't matter if the person's name is Matthew, doo-doo face, doggone pinky in the brain. It doesn't matter what the name is. What matters is what the word of God is telling you. 
People get too wrapped up in other superficial BS. Forget all that. Forget the names. Forget the dog. What mountain is it? None of that matters. What matters is what did the word of God tell you about your lifestyle? What did the word of God tell you about your heart? What did the word of God tell you about salvation? What did it tell you you should do about your mind? What did it tell you to do when, when, when Satan comes and tempts you? Those are the things that you need to be worried about. If you don't know doggone scripture for scripture for scripture, what this said and that said, if somebody said, hey, what's the exact word of Matthew 21 and 20, and you, uh, none of that matters. As long as you know that the word of God told you that you're supposed to stay out of sin and you're doing that. As long as you know that the word of God said that you should be moving forward in God and you're moving forward. As long as the word of God told you and you know that the word of God said stay out of fornication, adultery, stay out of lying, stay out of all these different things. And you're doing those things, not like doing them involved me, like you're doing what the word of God told you to do. That's what matters. If you never know doggone Samson's mother's name, if you never knew doggone what mountain uh, Moses died on, if you never knew any of that stuff, I assure you, God's not going to hold any of that against you. The only thing he's going to want to look at is when I sent the word of God to tell you to change your life, did you change? When I sent the word of God your way and told you to get saved, did you get saved? When I sent the word of God your way and said, give up that man, did you give him up? When I said no more fornication, did you give it up? When I said no more adultery, did you stop moving around with the married people? When I said no more drugs and alcohol, did you let it go? When I sent my word, what did you do? What was your reaction? Did you believe it or did you walk away? Did you think it was fairy tales? Did you get hung up because the books are named after people named John, Matthew, and Luke? Or did you say, I could care less about the name. Jesus is there and he told me to walk after, pick up my cross and follow him. This is why I say you have it where the degree of your unbelief, the degree of your belief in the word of God, just believing in the word of God that God wrote the Bible isn't enough. Oh, I believe in the Bible. I believe in the stories. I believe that Jesus did. Okay, that's great. It's great that you believe you're on the same level as the devil now. Okay? The devil and the Pharisees are basically running neck and neck. You're at their level. Bible said you have to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Okay? The Bible also says the devil believes. So you have to make sure that you are way ahead of them. Why do I say way ahead? Because the Bible tells us that we are scarcely saved. If the righteous is scarcely saved, what's going to happen to the fearful and unbeliever? See, what you believe coming from the word of God will negatively affect you. You have it where uh, 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 it can affect you to where it keeps you out of heaven and it can affect you to where it doesn't keep you out of heaven, but it keeps you from living a quality life. Either way, it's not good to be negatively affected in either way, because here it is. If you're negatively affected in life, let's say that you are saved. Let's say that, you know, your salvation, you know, what I'm saying your salvation is valid as far as like, you know, you're not in sin. Uh, 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 you believe that the Lord will provide for you and things like that. But you just you just 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 you just you don't you're not happy. There's no joy in your life. You just you just more or less like, you know, you kind of like hate life. 
you hate how things are going for you in life and things along those lines. Well, what happens with that is you're opening up a door for Satan to come in and fool with your mind, mess with your spirit. You know what I'm saying? Try to shake your salvation. He comes, he can come in and do that. Why? Because you're already in a state of, you know, I, I, I hate the way things are going. I don't like the way things are going. Understand this. David said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. You want to know when he said that? When his own men were turning against him. David had his own army, individuals that believed he was the king, individuals that followed him. Something happened, and then when they, the people were like, hold it, David, we blame you. They were about to stone him. They wanted to lay hands on him. Folks were trying to talk about walking away. David said, why art thou cast out on my soul? He said, I look to you. He was telling God, hey, look, uh-uh. Hope thy in God. My faith is in God. I'm looking to God. I know that God is going to be there for me. I know he's going to take care of me. David didn't change on God. That's the reason why God loved David. See, you had it was that when the people started to pull back from Saul, he said, oh, well, I, I got to do this and I got to do that so that the people don't pull back from me. He's too, he's too busy worried about the people. That's another, that's another reason why people are negatively affected by salvation. You're too busy looking at other people. You'll be the first person to swear up and down that you don't care about what other people think about you or what other people got to say about you. But if somebody finds out that you're saved, you're ashamed. Somebody finds out you're in this church or that church and not in the church which you grew up in, you, 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 you're embarrassed. You know that the church that you're in ain't no good. You know that the pastor that you're up under right now is no good. But because your mother is here, your father's here, your husband's here, your wife is here, this person, that person that you grew up with, aunt, such and such and this and that, oh, I got family here. Screw them. You better get somewhere where, where the Lord is going to deal with you and going to see to it that your salvation is put in a position to grow. Put their position to affect you positively. Because when you die, all these people who you're like, well, you know, my mom is here. There ain't none of them going to be standing with you when you stand before God. You ain't going to have not nan house, not nan car, not nan status, prestige, reputation. The only reputation you're going to have is the reputation you have with God. It ain't going to matter what this person thought about you, that person thought about you. You want to know why? Because nine times out of ten when you die, everybody's going to swear up and down. You went up to heaven. You will find out. You, who, what people thought about you, it didn't even matter. Because when you stand before God, you're going to find out what they thought about you is nothing. What God feels about you, thinks about you, and knows about you is everything. Why do I say that? If you're not looking to please God, then you, 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 you're basically destroying your future. See, we want to set up, and I say this all the time, we want to set up a beautiful future here on earth, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
There is nothing wrong with setting up a future. There's nothing wrong with setting up a retirement, uh, going to college, and you know, making sure you got money for you know later on down the road. You know, having a good job, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, man. That's all well and good. But you need to make sure that if you're preparing for your natural future, you also should need to be preparing for your spiritual future. Because you got to understand, when you die, I don't care what you built. I don't care what you got. I don't care who you are. None of that matters in the eyesight of God. The only thing he's going to look at is he's going to open up the word of God. He's going to open up the book of life and the book of deeds. And he's going to look for your name. And he's going to look for the stuff you did. And he's going to look for all that. And if you aren't in there any kind of way, bye. You're going to find out that, oh, my, my, my TikTok status, nobody's going to care. You don't even see it. That don't mean nothing. How many followers I had on YouTube don't mean nothing. You know, well, you're on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on YouTube doing what? Preaching Christ. I'm on YouTube doing what? Trying to get individuals saved. Trying to draw individuals to God. This will count for me. What are you doing? Sure, this can benefit me today. Absolutely. But I'm not doing this for my today. I'm doing this because, hey, one, the Lord called me to, 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 to preach the word. The Lord called me into the ministry to preach the word. He called me into the ministry to help get individuals saved, to draw people to him. That's what he called me in the ministry for. I'm doing the work of the Lord. What are you doing? I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying, hey, don't do TikTok videos and YouTube and all those other kinds of stuff. I'm just, what I'm saying is make sure that whatever you're doing, you're setting up yourself, you're setting yourself up so that your salvation can positively affect you. How can your positive, how can your salvation positively affect you? We didn't talk about all kinds of negative. I can go on and on and on and on and on about ways that can negatively affect you. Let's talk about ways that can positively affect your salvation, huh? One, moving forward in God, no matter what. You gotta have a tank type mentality. I'm going forward. Rhino mentality, moving forward forward uh, no matter what through it all through the pain through the hurt through the suffering through the sorrow because there's something better on the other end my faith believes notice how abraham god came to abraham and said leave thy father's house and i will give thee a, hand, a land flowing with milk and honey abraham didn't see this land he didn't know this land he didn't know where it was he just had to take god at his word okay lord if that's what you said and then here i go Mind you, he didn't inherit the promised land. Several generations down the line of his kinfolk inherited the promised land. But they inherited it through the promise made to him. They're called the children of Abraham. So Abraham, don't get me wrong, God blessed him along the way. God did many tremendous things for him. But the promised land, he didn't make it to. He died before he made it to the promised land. Just old age. But look at how many children came out of Egypt that were supposed to make it to the promised land and didn't make it to the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. Why? Murmuring, complaining. Why? Speaking against the man that, that, that's leading them into the promised land. Moving forward, another way that can positively affect your salvation, believing in God when everything else falls apart. Now you gotta also understand, when I say believing in God, I don't just mean that you're just sitting in one spot just like, oh, I know the Lord is, don't get me wrong, there are times where if that's all that you can do, fine, do it. 
but there's more times than not that you can actually, it's the reason why they say you have to take a leap of faith. You got to step out on faith. In other words, you have to put action for it. Bible says faith without works is dead. There is a time to be still and know that I'm God and be patient and let the Lord work and just have faith that the Lord will work in your favor. But there's a lot more times where when it gets time to use faith, it's time to get up and go do something. You got to where a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to use faith. God's going to work through work that miracle through that medication. You, you, you don't sit up here and talk about, I'm going to use faith to beat cancer. If, if that dog on the day say you need chemo, you better use faith that the chemo is going to work. Don't get me wrong. You know, some people are like, oh, well, you know, you can't tell me. Well, look, you have to know when faith is just actual faith or when faith is foolish faith, meaning faith that isn't going to get you nowhere. And that's another way to have your salvation positively affect you. Don't use foolish faith. Use common sense. Use things that's going to, you know what I'm saying? Don't sit up here and 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 and, and, and blow all your money on garbage and then turn around and say, the Lord's going to pay my bills. Oh, I, I know it. You better pay your bills first and then trust God that he's going to get you all the frivolous garbage. You better do it that way. Put God first. Hey, Lord, I'm going to put you first and then I'm going to put faith in you that you're going to help me get that car. Don't sit up here and, 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 uh, uh, here it is. You got diabetes and you're like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. You better follow them doctor's orders. Doctor said you can't have sweets. You better not eat sweets. You better trust in God that that, that, that doggone insulin is going to keep you balanced throughout the day. So you got to where a lot of times people want to step out on foolish faith, meaning they want to make foolish decisions and say, I know the Lord is going to be with me. Not so. Not so. We make wise decisions in God and our wise decisions are rewarded. But when you go making foolish mistakes, that's when stuff happens. And then the first thing we want to do is say, I don't understand why God will let this happen to you. God didn't let it happen to you. You let it happen to yourself because you went and did something foolish. You went and made foolish moves and foolish mistakes. And then you turned around talking about, I'm going to trust God. God said, uh-uh, you put yourself in that bed of affliction. So since you put yourself in a bed of affliction, take it patiently. Now you got to work. You got to take it patiently and work that out. You got to work that out because I didn't put you in that. Another way you positively let the Lord lead you. Let God lead you. One thing about letting God lead you is you have to have patience. Your patience has to be heavily, highly developed. Your patience has to be at a level where you can wait for grass to grow and smile about it. Why? Because there's going to be a lot of times where God's not going to move on your time. There's going to be a lot of times you're, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And God's going to be like, slow down. I'll talk to you in about a month. There's going to be times you're like, oh, Lord, oh, man, I got this five-day notice. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've been there. Dude, look, I'm not, look, you're looking at somebody again. I've had five-day notices. Okay, I've had, you know, bill collectors come coming after me, calling me off the hook. All right. I've had uh, 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 
You know what I'm saying? I, there were times where I put myself in bad posi positions and predicaments. And I had to work my way out of it. But I never gave up on God. I never drew back in God. I made the foolish mistake. I acknowledged God, Lord, I made this mistake. I say, Lord, forgive me. I'll make sure that this doesn't happen again. Stay out of making that foolish mistake. In other words, I might have, I made several foolish mistakes, but it was never the same foolish mistake. Like for instance, I was just saying, for example, um, if I went and, and, and blew, and I, I've never done this, I'm just saying, for example, if I went and blew my money, and I know that me by me blowing my money, this set me up to where, you know what I'm saying, I can't pay my tithes and offering, you know, and I realized that I did this, I'm not gonna make that same mistake again. Okay, Lord, I went to God, okay, Lord, I'm gonna make sure this never happens again. You know, uh, 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 you know, forgive me. Uh, I find a way to make make up for you know what whatever it is I did or did not do that was supposed to be you or not be done, and then I make sure not to touch that sin again, and then I move forward. I make sure not to make that same foolish mistake again. If my ties don't get paid next time, it's not because I blew the money; it's because I lost the check. You know, like literally, like I'm just walking my check to my pocket and it fell out. It's, it, it's still on the bus. That happened to me one time. Uh, getting off the bus, all my check fell out of my pocket. I'm like, get the, the currency exchange. Where's my? Oh no! Oh man! Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Dog on check fell. I, it was in my pocket. It fell out of my pocket when I got off the bus, and was still there on the curb. Oh man! You have no idea how much I praise God. I was standing in the middle of the dog on, just praising God because I'm like, I needed a dog on check. But you get what I'm saying, okay? So letting God lead you. Not you running ahead of God. And this is, you know, you gotta, a lot of people, they want to run ahead of God. They want to say, oh, well, the Lord's going to bless me with this car. Slow down. Count the cost. Is this going to affect you in God? Is this going to affect your spirit? It, when, they, when, 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 when it's time to pay this bill, is this going to wind up hurting you to where now here it is, you're going to wind up trying to draw back on God? When that car note comes, are you going to try to say, oh, well, I got to pay the car note. I'll skip on my tithes and offering. Showing love. Showing love to God, to your brothers and your sisters. And I don't mean the people in your household. I mean brethren. To the people of God. Showing love to them. See, a lot of people think that even, even in the sad part is you get even more people that are saved think that that's a hindrance. Showing love is a hindrance because it leaves you vulnerable. Look, I'm not saying it doesn't. But again, we go back to making, to letting the Lord lead you and making wise decisions. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, unfortunately, no, you can't help everybody. Unfortunately, that's just the, uh, God's honest truth. You can't. Some people you just gotta, but at the same time, you love them anyways. People do you wrong, you love them anyways. People hate you, you love them anyways. You know you have enemies lurking about, you love them anyways. Why? Because the Bible tells you to love your enemies. I've got many people even to this day that don't like me. I got family members that don't like me, still love them to death. I'll do anything for them. I just won't go around them. I don't hang around them because I'm not going to just up and it's one of the wise things. You don't go around people that just hate you and just be hanging around. Them. Hey, let's go. No, 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 no. I don't know if you're going to try to hurt me or set me up or what. I don't know what you're going to try to do. No, I'm not going to go around. You're going to try to get me into an argument or a fight with you. 
I don't know. So it's just, I stay away from you. But if you need me, I'm there for you. You need me to help you move, I'll help you move. You need me to help you uh, do some heavy lifting, I'll help you do some heavy lifting. You need a dollar or two, you know what I'm saying? You need a couple of bucks to you know, help get you by. If I got it, it's yours, there you go. I'll give it to you. I, I won't even, I won't come hunting you down. You, oh, I'll pay you back in two weeks. Okay, whatever. Two weeks pass, I'll be like, hey, what's going on? You think I don't want the money back? Like, no, I want my money back, but I'm not going to come, hey, you know, because I already know, you know, just, I'll just be, hey, look, get it to me when you can. Most importantly, most importantly, and by me saying this, this last thing, by me saying this last thing, it covers everything else. Obey the word of God to the letter, both written and oral. This is the reason why, again, you will hear, I say this almost every message. You got to find you a good pastor. If I'm the best that you got, praise be to God. But this is the reason why I also tell you guys, go to YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you who are on the podcast, go to YouTube, Word Evangelistic Church on YouTube. If you can't get YouTube and I'm the best that you got, I promise you I would bring you nothing but the truth. I will deliver the word of God to you the way that it was taught to me with boldness, with wisdom, with understanding of spirits and knowledge and wisdom of how people operate from my own experiences in life as I bring in, I'll bring you my experiences because I'm gonna show you, dude, I'm not, a, I'm not above you. Hey, I've committed sin, I've failed God, I've done goofy, dumb things, I've put myself in bad predicaments, but I got myself out. I was sick and got myself out through and by the word of God. Through and by my service to God, my die-hard service to God, not giving up in God. Obeying the word of God, like I said, obeying it to the letter. This covers everything. Everything that I have not mentioned, be obedient to the word of God, covers it all. That wraps up everything nicely. Be obedient to the word of God. You can't go wrong. But like I said, find yourself a good pastor. Find yourself a pastor that's connected to God. One that can truly deliver the word of God to you the right way. The right way. Because you got a lot of people out there delivering the word of God, but it's not the right way. They're talking about too much other stuff. They're mixing too much other stuff in with the Bible, in with the word of God. And it's diluting the word of God to where it has no effect. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It has drawing power, but it has no spiritual effect in God. It'll get you to the church. It'll get you to go in your pocket. But will it get you saved? See, at my church, we're not worried about your money. We're not, we're not worried. We're not even necessarily worried about your membership. We want you saved. We want you to hear the word of God, get saved, and stay saved and grow thereby. This is the reason why I say, tune into us at the Word Evangelistic Church. Because at the Word Evangelistic Church, we are truly concerned for your souls. We want you saved. We want you happy. And we want to one day meet all of you in heaven. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to leave it there. Hey, you guys. I love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. For my people on um, YouTube, for my people on uh, 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 the podcast, 
Thank you guys for tuning in from the bottom of my heart. I will be adding another stream very, very soon. Hopefully, I say hopefully, cause I gotta find a way to uh, 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 download the platform and you know, technology and blah, blah, blah. So if I can download that platform, I will be bringing you guys the news of where else you other people can listen. Hey, you got people who, for whatever reason, they can't get YouTube in their area, but they can get that platform. I'll be on that platform. So to you guys on the plat on whatever platform you're listening to me, thank you guys for tuning in. By all means, please go over to the Word Evangelistic Church, be it WordEvangelisticChurch.com or Word Evangelistic Church on YouTube. Listen to the messages, and again, listen to that message about the process, about the process of getting saved. That's a good message. I mean, they're all good. They're all really good, but you really want to hear about that process because it will, it seriously is filled with a lot of knowledge, wisdom, and a lot of useful information that will help to positively affect your salvation and to be sure that your salvation is valid, which is a very, very key point in positively affecting your salvation. So until next time, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. Click like and subscribe. Please follow me. And I'm not begging. I'm just saying, please, just to be polite. But hey, it's all good. Thank you guys for listening. Until then, be safe, stay safe. God bless.